Welcome to Walker of Wars podcast. My name is Rachel, and this is the podcast where we step behind the veil to take a look at some long lost and little known urban legends and spooky stories. Beverly Hills is one of the most opulent parts of Los Angeles. Filled with film stars, glitz, glamour, and gated communities, this is the place to live if you have money. As of early 2023, the most expensive house up for sale in Beverly Hills was the 11 bathroom, 6 bedroom, 27,000 square foot house on Benedict Canyon Drive, which was listed for a whopping $85 million. This is an area filled with stories of wealth. People flock to the area to see where the celebrities live. They gawk from the windows of air-conditioned buses as tour guides talk them through the facts of those who live behind the gilded gates. Understandably, Beverly Hills also has a dark side. Despite the amount of security you'd expect in the area, crime is still high. In the first three weeks of February 2023, nearly 150 incidents ranging from hate crimes to grand theft to DUI arrests were reported. There's no doubt many of the stories of inexplicable incidents that lurk beneath the shiny surface of Beverly Hills. But we're not here to talk about them. We never are. We've visited the Broadhaven Triangle. We've also visited the Nevada Triangle. Welcome to Beverly Hills Bermuda Triangle. This nondescript intersection at North Linden Drive and Whittier Drive features everything that you associate with Beverly Hills. There's gated mansions, palm trees and blue skies for as far as the eye can see. Behind the gates and tall hedges are swimming pools, tennis courts and driveways full of expensive cars. Developed in the 1940s and 1950s, the area borders the Los Angeles Country Club, which hosts numerous national and international golf tournaments. A triangular traffic island intersects the two roads with North Linden sweeping on one side and Whittier on the other. Palm trees decorate this little island with their leaves stretching to the warm sky above. Yet in the 20th century, this serene area in one of the richest parts of America became home to some strange activity. The strangeness started in 1946 just as the area was under development. Filmmaker and aviator Howard Hughes took his brand new XF-11 out for a flight. This prototype military recon plane was designed by Howard himself with the intent of it being used by the US military. The plane resembled the Lockheed P-38 Lightning with the cockpit in the centre of a twin boom design. This flight was just like any other that he had piloted. During his life Hughes built and flew a number of his own designs as well as flying planes from other manufacturers. He knew what he was doing when he was in the skies. Yet on that day, something happened. An issue with one of the two engines caused him to declare an emergency. Knowing that he wouldn't make it back to the airport, he decided to try and land at the Los Angeles Country Club. He never made it. Instead, the plane crashed into several houses on Whittier Drive and was written off. Hughes survived the crash, although he sustained injuries which would bother him for the rest of his life. A second XF-11 was built and tested. However, the plane was never put into production and the US Air Force, which was established later on in 1947, decided to go with the RB-50 Superfortress. Benjamin Seagal, aka Bugsy Seagal, was one of the most infamous mobsters of his time. Born in 1906 in Brooklyn, he worked his way up from poor family to being one of the country's most notorious criminals. In his 41 years on the planet, he moved from New York to California to Las Vegas. He was one of the founding members of Murder, Inc., an organised crime group which was active from 1929 to 1941. Oh, and he was one of the guys responsible for bringing the world the famous Las Vegas Strip to life. Seagal moved to Hollywood in the 1930s. Here he became connected to the unions, including the Green Extras Guild and the local Teamsters, and used them to stage strikes in order to extract money from the studios. Once he was paid, the unions went back to work. Seagal also became friends with many of the era's stars, including Clark Gable, Cary Grant and Frank Sinatra. They loaned him money with the knowledge that it would be a fateful mistake to ask for it to be paid back. 
During his first year in Hollywood, Seagal made $400,000, which is the equivalent of around $7 million in today's money. Seagal's then-girlfriend lived on the infamous Whittier-North Linden Junction. On June 20th, 1947, Seagal was visiting her when a gunman fired nine bullets into the house. Five of them hit Seagal, including two in the head. He died instantly. The murder was suspected to be a mob killing, but the gunman was never found. After that, the Beverly Hills Triangle would lie dormant for 20 years. At the time, no one probably even thought that the area had any kind of curse lying over it. It was a junction, albeit a fairly pretty junction, sat beneath endless blue skies. Jan Berry and Dean Ormsby Torrance were better known by their stage name Jan and Dean. They were a rock duo whose style was similar to that of the Beach Boys. Their 1963 song Surf City was the first surf song to reach number one. Jan and Dean met while they were both students in Westwood, Los Angeles. They were both talented sportsmen and both were on the school's football team. Their lockers were adjacent to one another and after football games, they began to harmonise with one another. And thus, a new musical group was born. Their first performance together was at their high school's talent show in which they formed a doo-wop group known as the Barons. When Dean was conscripted into the army, Jan joined fellow Baron Arnie Ginsberg. For the next 12 months, the pair, known as Jan and Arnie, put out a handful of singles and appeared on a number of TV shows, including the Dick Clark Show. By the end of 1959, Ginsberg was disenchanted with the music business and his and Jan's duo quietly disbanded. However, Dean's six-month conscription was coming to an end, so Jan hooked back up with him and the pair returned to making music under the name Jan and Dean. Over the next several years, all went well for the two young men. Amid writing and recording songs and making public appearances, the pair were able to study full-time. Jan took science and music classes at UCLA, while Dean majored in advertising at USC. Jan and Dean reached their commercial peak in 1963 when they met the Beach Boys' Brian Wilson, who helped to write their number one hit, Surf City. Jan and Dean were good for the music industry. They'd scored 16 top 40 hits, with Jan and Brian collaborating on roughly a dozen of those. Life was good. In fact, you could say that they were just surfing the world's radio waves. On April 12, 1966, that was to change. Jan was driving through Beverly Hills when he crashed his Corvette into a parked truck on Whittier Drive. According to reports, he was driving around 90 miles an hour and the accident took place just a few short metres from the infamous Beverly Hills Triangle. Jan survived the crash but was in a coma for two months. He also managed to recover from brain damage and partial paralysis, which left him with limited use of his right arm. He had to learn to write with his left hand as well as learn to walk again. The injuries from the crash stayed with him right up until his death in 2004 from a sudden seizure. The accident seemed to sate whatever haunts the Beverly Hills Bermuda Triangle because it fell dormant once more. This time the area was silent for nearly 44 years. Ronnie Sue Chasen was a publicist who represented actors and musicians. Some of her most famous clients included Michael Douglas and Hans Zimmer. Ronnie was born Veronica Cohen in Kingston, New York in 1946. As a child, she won a series of yo-yo contests held in Morningside Heights. Ronnie, Ronnie began her career as a publicist when her brother, film director Larry Cohen, hired her to run the publicity campaign for his movies. She quickly became known through the industry and went on to work on campaigns for music such as Wall Street and Driving Miss Daisy. In 1993, she was named a senior vice president for publicity at MGM, as well as running her own PR firm, Chase & Co. Chase & Co. focused on artists who composed music for films such as Hans Zimmer and Trevor Horn. On the night of November 16th, 2010, Ronnie was driving home from the premiere of Burlesque. Starring Sher and Christine Aguilera, the film tells the story of Ali, played by Aguilera, an aspiring singer who leaves her small hometown for Los Angeles, where she becomes a dancer at a struggling burlesque lounge owned by Tess, who's played by Sher. Ronnie was driving close to the Sunset Boulevard and Witty Drive intersection when she was shot. Local residents called 911 to 
report hearing gunshots. As those calls were being taken, more began to come in, stating that a late model black Mercedes Benz had run a curb, then hit and toppled a concrete streetlight. Ronnie had managed to turn down Whittier Drive before crashing into the streetlight. When police arrived, they found Chasen slumped in the driver's seat, the steering wheel bag inflated, with blood emanating from her nose and chest area and falling in and out of consciousness. Chasen was sadly pronounced dead at Cedar Sinai Medical Center. Her murder was believed to have been carried out by an unemployed felon called Harold Martin Smith. Smith killed himself a month later when the police approached him to talk about the murder. Over the years, several other violent incidents have occurred within a mile of the Triangle. In 1996, a Menendez murder happened a mile north of the Triangle, while Michael Jackson died in 2009 in his house less than a mile away to the west. Whitney Houston died in 2012 at the Beverly Hilton, less than a mile south of the Triangle. This quiet residential area is nowhere near as busy or congested as the rest of Los Angeles. A quick look at Google Street View shows just how quiet it is. So what is causing so many dramatic or fatal accidents on such a quiet junction? The rational answer is that it's only a few yards away from an intersection with a busy Sunset Boulevard. But again, this is kind of the winding part of Sunset, the part that goes through the suburbs and probably isn't massively busy, especially very late at night or early in the morning when most of these incidents occurred. Traffic also doesn't count when you're flying a plane, which is obviously what happened to Howard Hughes. But we're not here for rational answers, we never are. We're here for the weird answers. The Beverly Hills Bermuda Triangle has become a magnet for paranormal investigators. People who have driven through the area have reported feelings of nausea, hair pressure and ringing in the ears. A high-pitched tone in the ears is believed by some to be a sign of malevolent spirits in an area and a warning to leave. Others have described getting goosebumps and the hair on the back of their neck standing up as they drive through the junction. Someone else said that they had a sensation of fear and pain when passing through the Beverly Hills Triangle. Paranormal investigators have used a variety of devices in the area in order to speak with whatever or whoever controls the triangle. At the time of recording, no one has managed to get a conclusive answer. Some investigators believe that the spirits of those who have died at the triangle's hands or within a mile or so radius of the triangle reside here. Others believe that the area may be home to spirits who don't like what has happened to their land. Land spirits are, as Norse mythology implies, the spirits who dwell within a particular place or feature of a land. They wield considerable influence over the well-being of the land and all who depend on it. They can bless or curse those who live or travel within their land and be blessed or cursed by them in turn. They are fierce protectors of their native lands, seldom tolerant of mistreatment and dishonour, and seem to have a very passionate disposition in general. Could the same be said for the Beverly Hills Bermuda Triangle? Could there be spirits living within the land that are trying to send a message who now inhabit their area? The area has been quiet now for, well, nearly a decade. Will the triangle strike again? No one knows. But you know what to look for in order to check the news. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the tale of yet another triangle. Another plot of land that likes to take from the world around it. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this story, please do check out our books at www.roswellpublishing.co.uk. And until next time, stay spooky.